Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Word of God. We're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John, and this is episode 73. And today we're looking at John chapter 1, verses 26 through 30. John's been having this encounter with this delegation sent by the religious leaders in Jerusalem. They're to investigate who he is and what he's doing. He's baptizing people in the river, he's developed a following, and the leaders in Jerusalem are curious. They want to know what's going on. So John's having this discussion with them. Let's read the passage, 26 through 30. I baptize with water, John answered them. Someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He's the one coming after me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day... John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This was the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. We have another emphatic I. I baptize with water. And John's just stating what he's doing. That's all I do. They want to know what he's about, what his uh, ministry is about, who he is, and he's really playing down who he is. I'm just a messenger. I'm just baptizing people with water. The other Gospels mention baptism by the Holy Spirit. But John, the apostle here in his Gospel, just quotes the, I baptize with water. Who are you? I'm just a guy. I'm just a messenger. I'm just bringing the message. I'm just baptizing people with water. Then, he says, someone stands among you, but you don't know him. This uh, is echoing what we saw in the prologue about he came to the world, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, the Jews, but they didn't receive him. So this is a go along those lines of there's a guy, and he's among you, but you guys don't even recognize him. And he's the one coming after me. Now this next phrase, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. Untying a sandal strap is the language uh, that would be used for a slave. It was something a servant would do. Now teachers in the day had followers, but teachers didn't get paid for teaching. So their disciples, their followers, often would do a lot of things for them. But one of the things they wouldn't do is, well, here's a saying used by the rabbis. It deals with the tasks that a a disciple would do for their teacher. Every service which a slave performs for his master shall a disciple do for his teacher, except the loosening of his sandal thong. So what he's saying there is if uh, you're a disciple following a teacher, a rabbi, then you do about anything for that guy. Anything that a slave would do, except you can draw the point at untying his sandals. And so John is using that example of, well, a disciple would do anything for his master, except untie his sandal. But here he's saying about Jesus, I'm not even worthy to untie his sandal strap. So he's putting himself down here. He's elevating Jesus, minimizing himself. And he's the one 
that these re religious leaders, this delegation has come to investigate because he's the one that's actually got disciples. He has people following him. And he says, here I am uh, with people following me, but I'm not fit to untie the sandal strap of this one you don't recognize. Of course, we know, looking back, he's talking about Jesus. Now, verse 28 says, all this happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. John was baptizing on the other side of the Jordan River in a place called Bethany. Now, there's another Bethany that we read about. is where Lazarus, Mary, and Martha lived. It was very close to Jerusalem. This is not that Bethany. We really know nothing about it. There is no uh, existing place that corresponds to the ancient Bethany. So apparently it really no longer exists as a place. But do not confuse this place called Bethany with the Bethany we see later with uh, Jesus visiting Bethany and staying with Lazarus at his household. Now verse 29 begins with the next day. So the first day is here. The delegation is coming to investigate John the Baptist. Then verse 29 says the next day. Now an interesting thing and I don't think we want to make too much of it, except that John purposely uses these words. Here in verse 29, he says, the next day. Then down in verse 35, he says, the next day. Then there's an implied day down verses 41, 42. Then verse 43 says, the next day. Then uh, John 2, 1, at the wedding at Cana, it says, on the third day. That would be the third day since the last time it mentioned today. Remember, the, the way the Jews counted days was the, the day you're in is day one, then the following day is day two, and then the day after that would be the third day. So if today was Monday, that would be day one. Then the third day would be Wednesday. We would say it's two days later, but they have this inclusive way of counting. So the day you're in counts as the first day. And, and the example there would be Good Friday. Jesus was executed on Friday, but he rose on the third day. Friday is day one. Saturday is day two. Sunday is day three. But anyway, these, uh, these days mentioned here in chapter one and beginning with chapter two uh, comprise a week. So the first day of the week here is the delegation from Jerusalem interrogating John. Now, verse 29, the next day, that will be the second day of the week. Now, why is this significant, or why would we even notice this? One, it's, John doesn't do this other places, but he gives this week. And many people think this is intentional, because how does he begin his gospel? In the beginning. And that's the same way Genesis begins. In the beginning, Genesis begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John begins, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So this, this parallel structure of in the beginning, then Genesis goes through the week of creation. Now John introduces his gospel, begins the narrative, and he begins a, a week of events. We don't want to pour too much meaning into it, but just some of the structure that John uses. John uses a lot of imagery, a lot of parallelism, and, and uh, this beginning week, he lays out 
on the next day, the next day, the next day, the third day, uh, it comprises a week. And he began with that same structure that Genesis uses. So verse 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now we look back at this and we understand this kind of language. The Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb, and he came to take away the sin of the world, to take the sin of the world upon himself. This is probably not a common phrase that was understood, but it's the imagery of sacrifice. And so John's using that, that general imagery of you bring the lamb to the temple for sacrifice, and Jesus is going to be that sacrifice in order to take the sins of the world upon himself. John says in verse 30, this is the one I told you about. This implies that there's some discussion that has occurred with the, the delegation from Jerusalem, which, I mean, we have very little that went on. You could read all of this in just a couple of minutes. So they were there for some time quizzing him. So obviously he's told them something about Jesus. And this is the one I told you about. So the scenario we see here is John the Baptist is still with this delegation from Jerusalem and Jesus happens along and he's pointing out Jesus to them and saying, I've already told you about this guy, here he is. And he is the one whom I'm not fit to untie his sandal strap. And then he repeats what he had said earlier in verse 15. He says, after me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. So he is pointing out, pointing out Jesus, who is the Messiah. Now what he has told them about Jesus, we don't know. He's using figurative language here. Here's, here's the one, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is uh, the one who is ahead of me because he existed before me. He is the one I'm not fit to untie the, the strap on his sandal. And John's the one they're there to investigate. John's the one who has the following. John's the one who activities have reached the attention of the leadership in Jerusalem. So John is pointing out Jesus to them. And what they take from this, we don't know. But the message of John the Baptist is, it's all about Jesus. And that's the message for us. It's all about Jesus. It is all about Jesus. He is the one who has come to reveal God to us. He is the one who's come to make possible a relationship with God. He is the one who's come to take the sins of the world. And he is the one that we identify ourselves as followers of Christ. Well, thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working our way through the Gospel of John.